0: I'm Paul Bishop, your host for this installment of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are bonus downloads where my co-host Richard Prosh and I get to hang around the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast water cooler, talking with friends and fellow writers who are also fans of the Western genre. With me today to help me figure out all things Heartland Western figurines is Jared Blaney, who is the administrator for the Western Heartland Figurines Facebook group. Thanks for joining me, Jared.
1: Glad to be here, Paul.
0: When did you first start collecting or come into contact with the Heartland Western Figurines? Well, honestly, fairly
1: recently, I actually got my first Heartland in spring of 2017, and I fell in love with them right away and started collecting from then. After the fact, I realized I had seen these at antique shows and stuff in the past 10 years ago, but at that time, I really had no interest in them. I do collect toys, but it's more 60s, 70s, 80s kind of stuff. The things I grew up with, like G.I. Joe and He-Man and things like that. Initially, uh, I didn't have a whole lot of interest in Heartland, but then I came around to love them.
0: Were you a fan of the Western shows they are based on? I'm somewhat new to that, too.
1: I really started watching the Westerns a lot within the last five years, thanks to MeTV Saturdays. That's kind of what I do most Saturdays is watch all those Westerns. So, yes, certainly that primed me. Searching up some Western stuff on eBay is how I first really came across Heartland Options.
0: Why did you start the Heartland Facebook group?
1: After I got my first one, I wanted to learn more about it. So several months later, in fall of 2017, after researching on the web and not seeing a whole lot, and checking on Facebook and not seeing a group for it, I thought I'd start one and get the conversation going and see what I could learn.
0: How many members does the group have at this time? 774. That's a pretty good number of members for a niche interest group. Yeah, exactly. Very pleased. With your first Heartland figurine, which one was it?
1: Well, I'd seen one on eBay. It was an auction. So I just put a low price on it, and I ended up winning it. I don't know if it was even $30. It was super cheap. Once I got it, I realized later why it probably was so cheap. It was a Matt Dillon figure. And as I found out later, he came with a briar saddle and the wrong horse and not a hat. So I learned a lot. When I opened up the package and I looked at the figure, I couldn't believe the scale of them, the detail. That's why I really loved him, even though he wasn't accurate. And that's part of why I started the group. I wanted to learn more about it because clearly when I bought it, I thought it was accurate to what it was supposed to be. And I didn't find out till later. So I wanted to share that kind of information with people.
0: Because it really is a buyer beware type of situation. From what I understand, there's also fake tags and fake boxes. It's fine if they're sold as such. We all want those boxes and things that we can't get any other way. But if they're sold as originals, then that's an issue.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. There are lots of reproduction tags, weapons, hats, and whatnot. And I will admit I do have some of that. I did some of that early on just to complete some of my figures. I'm not a reseller, so this is just from my own personal collection. So I don't have a big issue with it, but certainly when things are sold, they need to be accurate.
0: What's interesting to me, for instance, the Roy Rogers figurine, it's worth about $100 to $150 depending on the condition. But if there is the RR for Roy Rogers on trigger saddle, that bumps it up to about $375 just for the RR on the saddle. It fascinates me the variation of prices and what we as collectors value.
1: And that's just it. Things like saddles, obviously, you could put any saddle on any horse. Now, Roy's is a specialty saddle, for sure, but being like the parts are interchangeable, so certainly someone could put a different saddle on a different figure, and if you don't know what you're looking for, you're going to be confused.
0: As well sculpted as they are and as detailed as they are, they're not that fragile. They're made to be played with gently, perhaps, but if you were younger, that would be part of the appeal, I think. Oh, absolutely.
1: And I will say that's part of why when I saw them in the past, I really didn't like them because essentially they're marketed as statues. They have zero points of articulation, unlike a G.I. Joe figure where he can move his arms and legs. These are static figures.
0: The big competition for them a few years later was the Marx Best of the West Johnny West figures, which were fully articulated, more of a play toy. But these are fairly substantial. Yes, they sit on your shelf, and that's really what they're designed for. But they are user-friendly. Yep. Just a little imagination. It's also fascinating to me that Heartland spent the money to license so many of the actors' likenesses from the shows at the time. There's almost three dozen Western figures, if you count in some of the generic ones. That sounds about right.
1: I do find that surprising, too. A lot of their licenses are for shows that only lasted one year. So they made these characters, and then they're gone the next year.
0: Even Hobie Gilman from Trackdown, it's not a well-known figurine. It's not Paladin. Correct. When Heartland decided the horse and rider sets were selling well enough and decided to come out with the quote-unquote gunfighter Uh figures— They also brought back some of those characters that they had put on horseback as single standing figures, and these didn't sell as well. Why do you think that is? That's honestly a very good question,
1: because it seems counterintuitive, because of all the figures, they actually do have motion in their arms. I can't explain that. I don't know if it's a cost thing or what. It doesn't make sense to me.
0: The horse and rider figures, which are the nine-inch ones, they were three ninety-eight originally, and the standalone figures were $1.98. I think a lot of people like the horse as much as they like cowboy character. No, that would certainly make a lot of sense. When they could, they would put the rider on the horse that he had in the show. Obviously, Roy Rogers is on Trigger and Dale Evans is on Buttermilk. But then there were characters like Maverick who (laughs) didn't have a regular horse. Yeah. (laughs) So you get this generic horse that's underneath them. But I don't really think that matters to the collectors. And that's like with Paladin,
1: his horse in the show, he obviously has a brown horse nine times out of ten. And so at least his would be inaccurate, too, I would say. But I don't know if everybody caught on to that back then.
0: I agree. And I think the nostalgia value makes the horses even more appealing because in those shows, they tried to make the horses actually part of the characters of the show. Yeah. Trigger certainly was, and Silver on The Lone Ranger Both of them had their own Dell comic book series. (laughs) Heartland also did a third line of miniature standing figures. Is that correct? Were those just standing figures or were those also on horseback? They have little horses with them. And did the accessories like guns and hats, did they come in separate packages or did they just come when you bought the figure? They only have the little
1: hats and they did come with them. They came on blister cards And then they also came in cardboard boxes. I do have a couple of them. I just had the ones that actually came in the cardboard box, but I've looked online many times at the blister card ones, too. So for some reason, they came in, in two options.
0: Again, for collectors, all of that minutia makes things more valuable, more sought after. What do you think is the most sought after of the figures?
1: Just based on production, the Johnny McKay gunfighter figure from the Lawman series, as far as I can tell, that's probably the most valuable one.
0: Was that a limited manufacturing run because it came toward the end of the cycle? I believe so. I can't recall it exactly, but I've seen
1: somewhere production numbers for individual figures. And as I remember, the Johnny McKay was a low run figure.
0: As far as collectors are concerned, Heartland put out several historical figures, such as George Washington and Robert E. Lee and Custer. Mm -hmm. Are those considered part of the Western series, or are they just like an addition? I don't know what the official answer is. I don't really cover
1: those in my group because I like more the TV Western-based ones. That's probably a personal choice. They are labeled a little bit different, and it might be labeled as historical. But most of the other ones on the boxes, they will say something about a TV star, TV all-star, something like that. So that would certainly distinguish them from the historical figures.
0: Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, Buffalo Bill, and Jim Bowie, were they actually based on the TV shows, or were they just historic figures that they added in? Everything I've read
1: about Jim Bowie is that it had nothing to do with the Scott Forbes TV show. And I can't remember which one came first, Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett, but they recolored him and repackaged him into the other figure. And I'm uh, not sure exactly why they did that, but it, it certainly was not affiliated with the Fess Parker show.
0: The historical figures, Washington, Robert E. Lee, and Custer, those could be in one section. I get it. But the Davy Crockett and the Buffalo Bill and Jim Bowie and Daniel Boone, They're like in this no-man's land between the official TV Western figures and the real-life historical figures.
1: Yep, correct.
0: And do they get treated that way in the group amongst collectors? Have you noticed people tend to ignore them or want them?
1: Certainly, I will say they don't appear much.
0: And there was also a Sergeant Lance O'Rourke who was a generic Mountie that was different than the Sergeant Preston figure. Yeah, and that's another one, too, where
1: they had the one, and then they did change it to uh, Sergeant Preston, but the York was the first one. They just transitioned to the other one. Somehow it must have got the license.
0: With the two Indian figures, Brave Eagle on White Cloud and Chief Thunderbird on Northwind, Brave Eagle, is that based on the television show? And Chief Thunderbird, as far as I can figure out, is just from his numerous Western movies?
1: Yeah, Brave Eagle is based on the show with Keith Varson. That one is a license. And as far as I understand, Chief Thunderbird is just a generic native.
0: Chief Thunderbird was a real person and an actor in numerous Western movies. But like you say, there's no specific reference to that being the person, or was it just a cool name that they picked up? Probably the latter, I think. And the amount of detail, for instance, in the Johnny Yuma the Rebel figurine, and also with the Steve McQueen character, Josh Randall in Wanted Dead or Alive, they really replicated their guns like they had them on the show. The Rebel scattergun and Josh Randall's mayor's leg, as opposed just to giving them generic weapons, which I thought was really cool. I agree. And there's not a lot of
1: the vintage ones. So many you see listed are reproductions. Based on the size, obviously a lot of those were lost over the years, and it's hard to replace it with just a regular rifle or something.
0: How often do you come across a pristine boxed figure? Are they that rare?
1: certainly are out there. I did get one myself several years ago. I did spend a little bit more on that, but I was excited to get it because, uh, honestly, they do seem to be obviously rare.
0: I won't ask you how much you pay for it in case your wife listens to this, okay?
1: (laughs) Well, it was actually part of a Christmas present. I pulled together some Christmas money and whatnot, so I was able to afford it at the time. So it's all good.
0: Good save. Good save. (laughs) Did you collect any of the sports figurines Heartland produced? No,
1: I'm not really into those, but I do got to say those are beautiful And I will say, too, going to antique stores and stuff, I see very little Heartland out there, but I certainly do see a lot of the baseball. Sometimes I see the football. I appreciate the detail and the quality, but they're just not my
0: interest. I'm coming from the same place. I'm interested in the Western figures. I do watch sports, but I don't have that same nostalgic tie to those players that Heartland produced. Did they do reissues of the Western figurines, or was it just the one mold?
1: There were reissues of Roy and Dale and a wider. I think it was in the mid-90s, and I did a couple of the historical figures. It was not Hartland by then. Hardlin was sold a couple of times in between then, so these were issued by somebody
0: else. And that's another interesting rabbit hole to go down is what happened with the molds of these figurines. When Hartland was sold, I think it was Stevens Company that bought them and later would sell them again at some point after a flood, everything was destroyed. Is that how you understand the story? That does sound correct, yeah. And when they did discover these molds to begin with, were they then reissued by that second company?
1: Not sure the whole story behind it, I'm sorry. A lot of those reissues, you can totally tell the difference because they were painted so different than the original ones.
0: The originals were hand-painted, weren't they?
1: Yeah, some kind of airbrush-type application. It's shown up on eBay a few times. One of the painting shields that place over the figure for the one color and the one color would still be exposed and they could spray paint that. So I have seen that.
0: The labor intensity that goes into these figurines at the time they were made and to be able to mass produce them at a reasonable price. I don't think you could duplicate that today.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: On the Facebook group, what are some of the biggest interactions and subjects that people like to talk about? the most part, I think people just like to
1: share their collections. There's collections both large and small, and that's what I enjoy doing, too.
0: How many complete collections are out there that you know about? Are there any? Good
1: question. There are a couple guys on the site. Based on what I've seen, I think they have complete collections. I'm not one of those people. I don't need every Hardland Western figure ever made. There's the ones I like, and those are the ones I collect. And honestly, probably only got three or four more that I hope to get at some time. There are also some of the pricier ones. I'm not a completist, but I believe there are a few on the group that are.
0: I got over being a completist when it came to collections a long time ago, and life is a lot simpler and cheaper. Do you regularly check eBay and other sources for figurines just to see what's out there?
1: Yeah, I have a few alerts set, mostly for just the ones that I'm still after. So yeah, I do check periodically.
0: Do you think it was the decline of Westerns on television that actually killed the Heartland line?
1: I would say yes, absolutely. The Johnny Yuma Rebel figure, that was the last one that they produced of the Westerns. That would have been 60-61. And then, too, within a couple of years, it would have been when G.I. Joe was introduced, too. So I'm sure that would have taken a lot.
0: The G.I. Joe's were a completely different level of action figure. You really can't consider the Heartlands action figures. Not at all. How many do you have in your personal collection? Let's see. Including gunfighters, I bet I have about 20. That's a good
1: size collection then. After we're done here, I'm going to have to actually go count, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Count them and dust them and set them up again.
1: That was actually one of the things I got as part of my birthday present this year. I did get a real nice display case with a slider front. So now I don't have to worry about dusting because, yes, my old shelf, it get a little dusty sometimes, but I'm done with that now.
0: Do you have this on display in your office or in some other part of the house?
1: We have a family room down in the basement, so that's where I have all my stuff. Aside from the hardlands, i got a lot of other toys and stuff down there too, but the Hardlands have their own case.
0: And what kind of reaction do you get from people who come to visit?
1: Oh, a lot of head shaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think people can appreciate it. A lot of people aren't into cowboy stuff. That's old, and not everybody understands it, but that's okay.
0: I go my own way with this stuff. If I like it, that's good enough for me. Because of that, I appreciate other people's collections, whether I'm interested in the actual item being collected or not. If they've spent time and they've enjoyed it, then I think that's fantastic. Yep, I'm with you. The nostalgia television channels have sparked a lot of interest in Not only the old fans, but there's new fans coming. Part of it we see with the sales of Westerns paperbacks today. They're booming. It's one of the strongest areas of publishing right now. Mm -hmm. Movies have changed in content, but there's always one or two major release Westerns a year. But there's this thriving business of what back in the day would have been called B-Westerns. And now they're really either straight to video or they're made directly from the nostalgia channels. Mm -hmm. So I think there's still a lot of interest out there. I would love to see something like the Heartland figurines make a comeback brought back by some other company, but I doubt we'll ever see that.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I also agree that it's probably not going to happen.
0: Jared, thank you very much for being with me today. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your love for the Heartland Western figures with me. Hopefully, we'll talk again in the future.
1: All right, Paul. Thank you. It's been fun.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the Six-Gun Justice website at www.sixgunjustice.com for information on prior Six-Gun Justice conversations, Six-Gun Justice speed listens, and full-length episodes of the Six-Gun Justice podcast, along with regularly updated book reviews, articles, and interviews covering all aspects of the Western genre. Until next time, be kind to others, be kind to yourself, and look out for snakes in the grass. Adios. We're out of here.